love. Love. Love because God is love. Love one another. Care for one another. Have the all-embracing, all-inclusive reality of love. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. In this past Sunday's Gospel, Jesus says, A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you also must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. As simple as it sounds, to put into action is usually a completely different story. However, today, Father Wall shares how people are living out this commandment and reminds us of our deepest truth. We just heard the Word of God beautifully expressed in so many ways. The great hopes and dreams that we have through the book of Revelations, describing what the meaning of Jesus and the message of Jesus means for us and for the world. There's a whole new way of being human that has been opened up for us. Through Christ, there is this whole new creation, and it's going on right now. And when we open up the gospel, we heard these words of Jesus from the gospel of John and from the Last Supper dialogues that occurred before his death, the night before he died. And if you want to do some spiritual reading, and I just, as I read this uh, throughout this week, these readings, I made a pledge to myself. I'm going to take those chapters of the Gospel of John from 13 to 17, five chapters, and just have them before me in the scriptures. You can do it on your cell phone. To go into there and during the course of this coming year, find yourself going into that reading. These are the most intimate words that come out of the mouth of Jesus, spoken to his disciples, to his first disciples, but through the, the gift of the Gospels. We are given the opportunity to listen to the words that Jesus is speaking from the depths of his heart on the night before he died from the depths. You can feel it in the readings. You can feel it in the words. The words are almost mystical as they describe not only his relationship to them, but his relationship to the Father, why he is with them at all, what he has been trying to reveal and to express to them. And you can pick up any piece of those four, four chapters, five chapters of the Last Supper readings, and you can pick up at any point, and you can stop at any moment. You can catch just one little phrase and ponder it, because what you are hearing is the very heart of Christ and what he wants to express to us and what he wants us to experience as his disciples, because he has come into the world that we might be saved, that we might come to know who we are as the beloved sons and daughters of God. Mark down those five chapters. You don't have to read the whole thing at once. You don't even have to read a whole sentence at once or just a few lines. But just let those words open you up to sense the very consciousness of Jesus 
and what he's inviting us to know about the mystery of God within us. We pick up this very short reading in the gospel today, and the very beginning is after Judas had left him. And all of a sudden, you're so consciously aware that everything he's saying is said in the context of these powers of darkness that somehow took hold of Judas's heart as he went to betray Jesus in the night and to the powers of darkness. And Jesus, aware of all this, aware of what was about to happen, opens his hearts to these disciples and says to them, and says to us, now is the time when the Son of Man, Jesus' self-proclaimed name, his humanity, his oneness with us, is going to be glorified, and God will be glorified. In this moment of darkness, of terror, of horror, of great pain and sorrow and suffering, this is a moment of revelation. This is a moment when our hearts are going to be open to the heart of the matter, the mystery of life itself, what God is up to in every human moment of history. And it is especially true and opens us up in the moments when things are most dark. The God that we believe in is speaking in this Jesus. And what is about to happen in Jesus, which we see on that crucifix, the horror of crucifixion, and all the powers of darkness at work in this one brother in our humanity, is also revealing in Jesus what he was, what he is, and what he is telling us about the mystery. He chooses to be faithful to this conviction that we are invited to have, God does one thing. He's loving us into life. That's the heart of the matter. That's the one reality. It's the heart of who your heart is and my heart is. This is the one most profound thing that goes on that no matter what is happening in our journey, this is the deepest truth. This is what is being revealed in his words, this is a moment of glory that opens us up to the deepest truth of who we are. The divine is in us in the human journey. And especially when we seem most God forsaken, that is the point where he is most profoundly saying, trust in this one thing, see it, experience it, reveal it's being revealed to you. The power of God that is telling you your life is so sacred and you are so beloved that the only one thing that is fundamentally happening is that you are going into a deeper, a more profound way of being. The God call is always one of intimacy, and Jesus is revealing his intimacy with the Father, his trust in this mystery of God's love for him, and saying, this is the truth of all of us. It will be revealed in me, in my willing to lay down my life and not calling for revenge, but crying out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Your work is at work at every, in every one of us and in every experience of our life journey, calling us 
to a new way of being, a whole new creation, and to trust that mystery in our life. And it's revealing the mystery of God, the glory of God, because it opens for us in such a human fashion that God's love flows through us at every moment of our being. He does not abandon us. He is with us in every experience, and he is with especially those that are being crucified, who are in agony. The mystery is at work, and the mystery is calling us to a new way of being, a new way of living, freed from the power of fear and darkness, and free to do the one thing that he is inviting us to do. I give you a new commandment, a new commandment, Love. Love. Love because God is love. Love one another. Care for one another. Have the all-embracing, all-inclusive reality of love. Love one another as we are being loved. We are the ones that have been called by God to take up this invitation that is more than an invitation. It's an, it's an, an awareness, a real, realization that this is our deepest truth. That when we become this life and love to each other and to the world, and that we become this source of hope and confidence to the human family. That's why we're here. That's what the resurrection means. Jesus says, I am going away, you will not see me. And it is an ending of a way of being. But we know the fullness of that story. It's also an invitation to a new way of being, a new oneness, a new intimacy with the Christ that cannot be taken from us. He is in us. And he is in us with this imperative. If you are with me, it means you will love one another as you are being loved. And your love is that part of as as you are being loved by God, now become divine life and love to others. Can I offer three experiences that we're all encountering right now in some way and fashion that I think this mystery is at work? What is going on in your heart about Ukraine? There's something that is happening in this agony of the people that are there. We see the horror the crucifixion. We see it every day in the papers. But what do we see? What do we see that is deeper? We're filled with a sense of, of connection with the people that are so self-sacrificial that they will not give up on freedom. They're willing to sacrifice so much for their home. They're, they're willing to sacrifice so much for their children and their children's children. We will lay down our lives for our sacredness and for the sacredness of our kids, for the gift of freedom. We see this, this polarity going on, that at the same moment the powers of darkness are so strong, something rises up. See the glory of our humanity in the people of Ukraine. Ponder that. Isn't that what draws you into this terrible moment and experience in their life? Don't you see that throughout history, this will be seen as a moment of glory when the people of Ukraine stood up against such terrible powers of darkness and said, 
we see something more. We're going to live from our deepest truth. Think about our southern border. You know, for the last 15 years, I've been involved in this Catholic extension. And one of the things I find myself over and over again is at the border, our southern border, and going into these towns and crossing over into Mexico and seeing the plight of people. And we know all the political issues involved in this thing. And that's not what we as a believing people are focusing on right now. We're trying to invite people to see the deeper truth. We see the plight of the Ukraines as they run from terror and horror. And we see the great gift of the Polish people and other countries of Eastern Europe that welcome them not to tents, but welcome them into their very homes for safety, to honor their sacredness and dignity. And we know it's not just on our southern border, it's going on over the whole globe. Huge migrations of people running from fear and running from darkness and running from all kinds of things that are holding them down and running for the sake of their children and their children's children, running for some sense of safety. It's an epical moment for us in the whole global village. And sure, there's issues that are political in terms of how you respond to that. But the deeper response of a people of faith is to see the work of God in the suffering. The great story of the Good Samaritan, the people from Samaria and people from Judea didn't get along, and this Samaritan reaches out, and all that we are doing as a people of faith on the border is giving people 24 hours as they pass through and get some legal status in the country as they seek refuge status, and they come to the people along the border, Catholic people along the border, and communities that are set up just to say, we'll walk with you for 24 hours. Here's a shower. Here's a meal. Here's some water to drink. Here's a bed to sleep on. Your humanity is sacred. God is up to something in you. We can't do everything, but we can take a moment and honor your sacredness and goodness. What do we see? We see the dark sides, but there's glory being expressed in the people who are simply listening to this gospel reading and saying, I'm a disciple, and I've been asked to love one another as I am being loved by God and confident that God is at work in a loving, life-giving way to every refugee throughout the world and in all these challenging situations. And lastly, just to bring it home, Saturday night, Friday night, I was uh, invited to the 33rd gathering of the families of Francis Xavier Ward School, 33 years, a school that started over in Presidential Towers in a little storefront with 35 kids, but with a mission. And the mission was, what do Catholics do well when it comes to poverty? What have we done well? In history, what will we be known about in our country and in our city? What have Catholics done well? They've educated the poor and given them a lift up. And we were sitting here as a church with all young adults, no families, no kids, no first communicants, just a bunch of young adults and their parents that came along with them, not having a need for a Catholic school, but choosing, choosing 
to build the first new Catholic school in the city of Chicago in over 25 years, and starting with 35 kids. But the mission was not only to provide a great Catholic education, but it was to create a model that expressed what we hope and dream for in our city. And that is that all the pieces of the city could come together and create somewhat a beloved community, a community of people who cared for one another, loved one another as they were being loved. And so with these 35 kids, one of the convictions was we would be radically inclusive, that it would include people of every race, that it would be ecumenical in terms of religion, but it would be Catholic to the core because this is what Catholic people do. We care for the poor. A third of the children had to come from poverty. They couldn't afford the school. And so the first time with 30 kids, with a third of the kids, 10 of them not, not uh, able to afford the school, we had our first fundraiser and raised $15,000 to pay for the education of those kids. Now it's over a million dollars a year with almost 1,000 kids, kids from every part of the city, every race, many religions, all cultures coming together from the time they're three years old, and not just with them, but with their parents, creating very intentionally a community of people that simply love each other into life, saw the sacredness of everything, and saw the hope, the vision of a new creation, a new way of being a city where families could come together and raise their children safely and bring out the excellence and blessedness of each one. And so Friday night, there was a gathering for scholarships for that school, and we contribute to it every year. We have a special collection every year for scholarship money for that school, and it stands now for thousands of kids that have gone through this experience from three years old to eight years old to seeing what the new creation might look like in the city of Chicago. The book of Revelation is offering us a vision of what Jesus is up to in our lives. And that book of Revelation invites us to listen to our hearts and listen to the heart of Jesus and realize they're beating together. We are the embodiment of Christ. We are in the embodiment of God's love in the flesh and the world. We will do it now and forever in clumsy human fashion. But we know our truth, and we know what we're called to be, and we know what we're called to do. And so, people of God, listen to these wonderful words, words from the heart of Jesus. Ponder the mystery of who we are, what he is revealing to us, what our glory is in self-sacrificial love, loving each other into life in the way God, through Jesus, is loving us. God bless you. Time now for announcements and events. We are pleased to announce Father Tom Hurley will preside over the 10 a.m. Mass on Sunday, May 22nd. Doors will open at 9.15 a.m. and light refreshments will be served following the Mass. We hope to see you there. Please join us for our second gathering of the OSP Adoption Group's Adoption Connections. Adoption Connections is a forum for families to connect, share stories, and support each other who are experiencing the adoption journey. Get to know others and build relationships through common bonds on May 25th from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. 
Please see this week's Crossroads publication for directions on how to RSVP for this wonderful event. Join the Old St. Patrick's Church Green Team for a virtual event exploring native plants with our guest speaker, Cindy Crosby. Native plants can be aesthetically appealing and provide a number of benefits to you, your garden, and the environment. Join us on May 26th at 6.30 p.m. to learn all about the many benefits of adding a little prairie to your home garden. Register at tinyurl.com 2P8M6399. In this Easter season, a season of joy, we invite you to read The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World. In the book, the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu ponder, how do we find joy in the face of life's inevitable suffering? The book discussion will take place on Saturday, June 4th from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. and on Tuesday, June 7th from 7.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. Register at bit.ly slash thebookofjoy. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 10 a.m. Mass on Sunday, May 15th by Father Jack Wall. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. Podcast.